1: A-U-D-A-C-Y Type that into your app search, then download
0: This is Sarkand and Kyrie on W-E-E-I
2: Sports Radio W-E-E-I, Boston Sports Original here It's Christian Arkand, it's Kyrie Thompson Nice to have you with us here this afternoon we're a few moments away from talking with the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini, who was on the call last night uh, with Mike Gordon Gorman, excuse me, uh, of the Celtics. Pretty dominant win over the Rockets. They pulled away there in the uh, in the second half after kind of a touchy first half. Uh, that didn't see a lot of things go the, the Celtics' way, certainly not in the first quarter. But um, that's a plucky team there in Houston. They're young. They got a lot of uh, high draft picks, a lot of lottery picks on that team. And uh, when things got serious there in the, uh, in the fourth quarter, you saw the Celtics and uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together just uh, combine to put the hammer down. Um, it's been a nice adjustment because it really sort of seemed like the Celtics were, I don't want to say flailing. But definitely, it seemed like there was a, a weakness showing. And the West Coast trip, the loss to Golden State, um those back to back losses at home to Orlando, it sort of seemed like things were going in a bad direction, and this team was facing some adversity. And after Christmas, and really, you know since then, I think it's been uh, all all good for them, and uh, they're right back on track. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are really uh, establishing some themselves as the best duo in the league. Uh, Thirty-eight and thirty-nine points for them respectively last night. It was uh, it was a tremendous game against a pretty bad team, admittedly. But yeah. the Celtics are, are showing what they are right now.
3: You got to take care of you got to take care of the games you're supposed to win. I mean, it's really as simple as that. Win where you're supposed to win. They didn't do it against the Magic. So, I mean, get back on track by you know doing what you're supposed to do, take care of business.
2: All right, the guy who called that game with Mike Gorman is on the line right now, Brian Scalabrini, brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food on the Harbor One Hotline. Scal, how you doing?
4: I'm doing well. I just want you guys to know that the Orlando Magic, which I thought was pretty good when I watched them, they won 9 of 10, and their only loss was like, I think they lost by one to Atlanta on a back-to-back. So I just... Before you say the Orlando Magic, uh, we shouldn't have lost that game. When maybe we shouldn't have. They're a lot better than people think.
2: I actually agree with you. I do like they're a young team. They got a ton of yeah. uh, they got a ton of big guy. Like everybody on that team, six ten scale. So Paolo yeah, like, Bancaro, he's nice. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, they're they're, they're better than they I look.
4: Agree. And they're and they're are kind of figuring it out. And like, it's the emergence of like, we shouldn't make this about the Orlando Magic. I just wanted to bring that up. Like they're actually a really fun uh, league pass team to watch. And I do. I think the future is really bright for them, but we're not here to talk about the magic. Just want to bring it up.
2: Okay. Uh, Scal, we heard you on the call last night. You were getting pumped up, especially on that, uh, on that Jason Tatum dunk. Um, It seems like you're having a lot of fun. It seems like the team's back to having fun again after a pretty sort of touchy West Coast trip. And then the aforementioned losses to, uh, to Orlando there, is this team right at the ship?
4: Yeah, I think for the most part, I didn't love, I did not love the first half. I was like, Whoa, what are we doing with all these three pointers? You know, we, In the NBA this season, we missed more, I think, the second most amount of three-pointers in a game. Like, there's a lot of people that jack up threes. Mm. And it feels like, for us, we could get any shot we want. Yeah, we had a seven-point lead, so that was a little bit strange. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Jalen and Jason are doing their thing. It's great to see Rob Williams out there. He's making plays that most normal NBA centers can't make. And, uh, yeah, you could definitely see the, the potential of this group.
3: Brian, do you still see them kind of fighting some of those worst tendencies of, you know, kind of going back to the, oh, now it's iso ball, you know, you get yours, you take your turn, you take my turn, or it feels like it was a lot like that last year at points where even after Ime kind of, they, they were buying in and they were moving the ball and they were getting better shots, there would still be these times where it got stagnant. Do you still see them kind of fighting those worst impulses under Joe Missoula during the stretch?
4: I mean, I think every great team does that. You know, I think, like, you could go through all great teams and they'll have, they'll you know, bad habits come into play all the time. Like, people aren't going to, you know, move that ball every single night. And I will say this. You watch the Milwaukee game, like, the way that they played and the way that they picked on certain matchups, and they were doing isos in that game. They just happened to do them against Grayson Allen and uh, Joe Ingles. So, I just thought – I thought – To be honest with you, the only difference between last night and the way they played and the way they played against Milwaukee is I think Jalen and Jason believe I don't have to seek out any matchup. Every matchup I have against the Houston Rockets is a good matchup for me. So I I do see, you know, some ISO. I think the, the worst habit, in my opinion, that the Celtics do is settle on the three without cracking the paint. I think they're at their best. When the ball is hitting the paint and it's moving, It also could be hitting the paint and taking shots at the rim. I don't have a problem with that. It's just like when they're you know two of fifteen from three, and they and they and they pull up the next seven shots from three, and they make two of them. I'm like, I think that's probably the worst habit, and it bit us in the Indiana game more than anything because they kept taking that shot because they didn't respect Indiana, and next you know we were down by thirty in the first half. Right. So. I, I do think that, in my opinion, I don't care necessarily about the isolation because if you're cracking the paint and you're drawing two, it's fine. What I do care about is them not aggressively driving, you know, when I feel like the game kind of dictated, like, we need to move the ball. We need to attack the paint on this next three possessions.
2: Uh, We're talking with Brian Scalabrini on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, Scal, I think the depth of this team is something that was really highly touted for the first uh, couple of months, and maybe not so much lately. And I look at a game like last night where they took 91 shots, and Jalen and Jason took 51 of those 91 shots and it sort of seems like those guys are really shouldering the load right now more than I was expecting them to when I look at the uh, acquisitions that were made in the offseason and some of the contributions you're seeing from uh, the Brogdon's and the Derek White's and Sam Hauser's of the world. Is that something you're concerned about? I think we're all kind of in the back of our minds worried about the workload for those two. Is that, uh, is that on your mind still?
4: No, nah, not really. I, you know what? I never, um, and, and listen, it's just a difference of opinion, right? Like, and I'm not saying you're right or I'm wrong or whatever it is, but I I don't I don't necessarily look at role players and say, man, they're just not shooting enough, or man, they should score more points and or bench points. Like I just look at plays. Like what plays do these guys make? What plays do those uh, and the other team make? And, I, and plays could be offensively, they could be defensively, they could be on the glass. Like that. So I don't really evaluate bench on just you know, how many shots they're making. I do I do evaluate them on good shots, and, you know, we can unfold that. But for the most part, I per game, I just look at, like, the plays that they make. And last night, I thought the best player in the game, and I know a lot of people will see it differently, but I thought Rob Williams was the best player in the game, and he came off the bench. So there's a little – There's. I'm, I don't worry about Malcolm Brogdon. I love Derek White, who's a role player, which he starts. I'd like for him to be more aggressive because I think – when he gets downhill, good things happen for the Celtics. But I, I do believe that that this team when they're when they're at their best, the ball just flies around and different contributions from different people. But ultimately, it's still going to be Jalen and Jason, you know, having you know close to thirty. And the Celtics, when they both go, score thirty, I think we're now seventeen and one during that time.
3: I love that you brought up Rob Williams because I wanted to ask about that. When you're watching him right now, I mean, it seemed like there were a couple of times uh, you know, kind of early on when he came back where, you know, maybe he, he was kind of, uh, you know, laboring a bit up the floor, you know, maybe not getting up there with the same energy, but in the half court he looks so dynamic still. Do you think that he's – how close do you think he is to being Rob Williams, like 100% Rob Williams, and how much – management do you think he's going to need to get to the end of this season as close to 100% Rob Williams as he can be for a playoff run
4: Yeah so you know like I don't know if the if the journey this year is um like to get him back to playing 35 minutes I'm not sure that that's the, in like in the card I don't I don't know if it is or if it isn't but I think the journey this year is to rob to play like as hard as he played last night for whatever the amount of time, maybe that's just twenty five minutes. And I also look at it, you know, with Danilo Gallinari going out. Like I had to shift my the workload conversation to Al Horford. Like mm-hmm. I don't like I don't worry about those other guys. So, like Al Horford, you see him on the bench. He was smiling yesterday when Rob Williams was out there, like hustling around. I, like he enjoys that. Like that's great for him. Like Al Horford's not playing this game, so we can average X amount of points or anything like that. He's trying to win and. And I, th- I think, like, I worry about his workload because ultimately the health of Rob and and Al will dictate if this team can beat the Milwaukee Bucks. It's probably what it's going to come down to. So when I look at Rob Williams, it's how great can he be against the best? Like, I know, like, he's going to play great against Houston and his energy was contagious, there's no doubt about it. But can he stay healthy for a playoff series? Can he go toe-to-toe with Bam Adebayo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, You're going to have to guard Joel Embiid at times. Like there's things that he's going to have to do, and we won't know that until we see the playoffs because that's not just one game. That could be seven straight games, and he has to stay healthy during that time. So I trust the medical staff will figure that out, but that would be the goal for Rob Williams is to play throughout the playoffs and be able to contribute and play with that energy that we saw last night over the course of something like 27 to 30 minutes, but I'm not sure we'll see that during the regular season.
2: We're talking to Scal here. Um, What do you think about what Brooklyn's doing? They're the hottest team in the NBA. Seems like they're just making it about basketball after a lot of early season distractions. Uh, Are you worried about them?
4: You know, they're rebounding the ball a lot better. Like, they were 30th in rebounding, I want to say, when we played them, which is, I don't know, maybe that was about maybe three weeks ago. And um, so their rebounding's improved, so that makes them dangerous. The one thing I w- will say, like, I don't necessarily worry about Kyrie in a matchup against us because he will get exposed defensively. But, obviously, Kevin Durant is the thing, and their role players have been really good. Like, Clashen has been good. T.J. Warren is now playing. He wasn't playing before. They have a lot of guys on their team that are contributing, like Wantanabe and if Joe Harris is making shots, like they're, they're halfway decent. I don't think that they're a, a matchup problem for us, and I could be wrong by that, but I-, I think that we match up really well against them. I think that they could be a problem for a team like Milwaukee, a team like Philly. I, I really do like a team like Cleveland. They could, they could disrupt like the rest of the East. And I, and like I said, I could be wrong and I'm not looking at this with green lenses here. I just think that I'm not sure that that group right there, that team right there, the way that they're constructed is going to be good enough to beat us when we're at our best.
2: All right, Scal, before we let you go, uh, obviously the West Coast road trip was a bit of a hiccup there, at least towards the end of it. They got another kind of West coast trip coming up. It's more Midwest, I guess, but uh, any any reason to think? Some tough teams out there. OKC has been good, uh, Denver and Jokic. Um, Luka and what he's doing with uh, with the Dallas Mavericks, how do you see this, uh, this trip going for them?
4: You know, it's funny that you brought up the West Coast trip, because I agree with you. I didn't think we played well at all. We were 4-2. Like, I think we would have took that at the beginning of the year. Sure. It just wasn't those two national games against the Clippers. And, um, you know, the Clippers and the Warriors were, you know, like, I don't know what we were doing during that game. But, um, you know, like, Denver's uh, obviously a good team, the best team in the West. We should be able to beat Dallas. But they're always – if they make shots, they're tough to beat. Like, they just – it's one of those things when – if those those guys are making threes. Those guys are hard to beat, and Oklahoma City should be relatively easy. And I don't think he's uh, no. Who's our last Dallas,
2: player? Dallas, I mean. and San Antonio.
4: Yeah, we should be able to beat those guys. So uh, a great trip will be three and one, or maybe four and zero. Oh, and probably for two and two is probably another hiccup, like you just said.
2: All right, we'll leave it right there. Then Brian Scalabrini, thanks so much for the time today. Great to talk with you.
4: You got it. See
2: ya. All right, that's Scal joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. Quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, discuss what the Celtics have been doing lately. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting, especially the MVP talk. And also this best duo in the league talk. We'll get to that as well.
6: Now, get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call
3: 562
4: 314 4603 for details. Have they ever had 40 40 I think they
1: have. Oh, good
4: defense. Throw it ahead. Oh, yeah. Exclamation point. You know, it is it's, it's crazy. You know, this time last year, y'all wanted to trade either one of us, and now you just said Mike and Scotty. <laughs> so we're not as bad as you guys say we are, but we're not as good as Michael and Scotty yet. Um, you know, we're uh, just two young guys that love to compete, love to try to help our team win every night, and just trying to get better. Um, but, you know, we got to win. You know, we got to win when it, when it counts most. Um, you know, for it to really mean something,
5: just two, we can
1: make it if we try. Just
2: us. Nice one, JT. Just
1: it's
2: Christian Arkian, it's Kyrie Thompson. I almost called you Kyrie Irving. I've almost done that like three times. Today. Yo, when when Scow I've just really went, gotten close, when
3: Scout was a little bit ago, like, yeah, I'm not really worried about Kyrie. I was just like, wait, wait, why, why are you talking? Well, maybe about you me?
2: should be worried about me. Um, Yeah, that was that's uh, almost three times I've done that, and uh, I am actually planning on talking about Kyrie Irving a little bit this segment because I do want to get into this best duo in the league talk. But uh, first of all, if you want to argue against Brown and Datum, it's tough to do that today after the performance those two guys had against uh, against um, Houston last night. They were tremendous, and it's not the first time they've both gone off, and it's hard to argue. I mean, Jordan and Pippen. I know there was a stat. What was the stat? The Jordan Pippen stat that, uh, that applied to them? Oh, let me
6: uh, – it was uh, – where? I had it right here somewhere.
2: I know. I was just um, looking at it, too.
6: It was most 30-point 30 pl- 30 games by a duo since in the since NBA. Jordan since Jordan and Pippen, okay. So, well, they passed Jordan and Pippen for third all-time. Wow. For most ever in the NBA. Okay. But okay. they did it for the sixth time this season, which is the second most before the new year Right. last night.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> so that is, was the one. So this is now 17 times – 17 times in the regular season – in which they've both scored 30-plus games. So uh, that, that's past Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen for third place all time now.
2: Um,
6: Wow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you just look at like, the last three games, too, they combined for
6: 70% of the made baskets on Friday night, 68% on
3: Christmas, and 74% last night. Damn. I mean, you just think about it, right? 38 and 39 points, that's 77 points from two guys.
2: Yeah. That's uh, that's wild. That's a lot of points for three guys.
3: One hundred and forty-four <laughs> in the last two games.
2: Yeah, um, they're they're balling right now. There's no getting around that. They are uh, they're they're balling out hard right now. Both Tatum and uh, and Jalen Brown are they the best duo in the league? I'd say they are. The other duos I'd even put up against them, and there aren't even that many. But I'd put up uh, Harden and Embiid, maybe. Um, I'd still I'd take Tatum and Brown. Although I like that Harden and Embiid play different positions. I know that shouldn't count. Like that shouldn't matter. But I think if it's two wings versus like a guard and a center, I always tend to lean more towards that. Maybe it's from playing NBA Jam all those years and just yeah, thinking yes. like you need yes. a little guy and a big. You got to yes. defend the paint, you know. And they then, also
6: can't beat the Celtics though. So that's true. I can't put them above there. Can't put them they above. Can't them. beat Tatum yeah. and Brown.
3: Though, though, also, you know, I'd be interested to see how uh, how they do that in like a newer, like an updated. NBA. NBA jam but the old school NBA jam they they had a uh, Scotty and Horace Grant for right. the Bulls cuz they didn't have the rights to the Michael Jordan back then but those guys are two, you know 6-7 plus.
2: Ho Grant was a beast in the post yeah. in that game. You ca- yeah, Ho- they they pumped him up cuz the Bulls were like the final boss. You know, they were like the last team you played exactly. when you when you went for the uh for the championship there so they had to pump up Grant too. Um you know uh all the programmers were like Pistons fans. Or either they were Pistons fans or Bulls fans. I forget what it was. I was reading that, like, they made it so either the Pistons or the Bulls, when they played the other team, like, in the fourth quarter, missed all their shots. <laughs> they, like, programmed it in there as, like, to be petty, which I think is great. Love it. Um, anyways, <laughs> the, uh, the duo question, I, Giannis and Middleton. Middleton didn't play on Christmas, so, uh, he missed almost this whole year so far. It's hard to call them a duo. Maybe Giannis and, and Holiday, uh, I take I take the Celtics, you yeah, know, I mean, and I like those guys, but I take the Celtics.
3: I feel I feel like Giannis and, and Middleton's closer, but I still think that I still think the two of of Tatum and Brown combined are, are better than are better than that.
2: Yeah. Um how about how about Kawhi and Paul George? Kawhi, Kawhi ain't playing enough up. for me now.
3: Like, like he, he's just too he's too in and out of the lineup I now. Know. He's, he's he's good, but he's not what he used to be to me. That that's how I feel.
2: If they were both healthy, I'd say yeah, conversation. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. What'd they you also say, haven't
6: had much success. They have always banged up, and they haven't had much success. Well,
2: neither are the yeah. Celtics, but yeah, well, they mean, went to right what about...
6: Tatum and Brown four Eastern Conference Finals together, mm-hmm. and and one Finals appearance. Mm-hmm. So far,
3: more success than what Kawhi and PG have had.
6: I suppose yeah. that's
2: true.
3: And it's like you look at Kawhi; he's only played fourteen games this year. Four, 14. Oh, is that it? Yeah, fourteen games. He's not, he's not at thirty minutes a game. They are managing the heck out of him.
2: Yeah, uh, they certainly are. Um, here's one. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell.
3: See, that is a really good young up-and-coming group. They are not at that level yet.
2: They're really good, but they're not better than the Celtics. Yeah,
3: they're not there yet. But, I don't know, give it like two, three years. Maybe we could be talking about it. But then again, two, three years, Tatum and Brown are going to be firmly in their primes.
2: I agree. Um, John Moran, I think, is a great player, but he doesn't have a he number two. got anybody with that. Lucas, no. same thing. Um, how about this? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I told you I'd say his name this segment.
6: Too dysfunctional.
2: And, really, they won they got, nine in a they row. So that really? by, they really—they
6: got swept by the Celtics in the postseason last year. Last year they, they did. The year they, before they, that, they
2: beat them. So I mean, that's a good point. Here's yeah. the thing:
3: KD and and Kyrie are more skilled. they are doing more skilled scores than than either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I mean, and I say that knowing that Jason Tatum is like a, he's like a top five player. I mean, he's he's obviously he's skilled. He could score from anywhere at any time. He's really good. KD's just different. He's always going to be different. Kyrie's bag is endless. Mm. But again, here's the other part of this. And I'm I'm I don't necessarily want to, you know, harp too much on, oh, you know, those guys don't play defense. But if you want to talk about all-around better players, Tatum and Brown are both all-around better players than than either of those guys to me.
2: You think Brown's better
3: than Durant? In terms of being an all-around basketball player? Yes. Now, now here's the thing. KD's scoring is always going to make him better, you know, than than that.
2: Durant's a pretty good defensive player too. When he I think. wants
3: to be. Yeah. When he wants to be. Kyrie never
2: is, but like Durant I feel like can guard a lot of different kinds of people. Like, I don't know. I mean, when, I think
3: when he feels like it. Yeah. The other thing is that he's what, now, 33, 34 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's his when he was at Golden State, when he when he went there, he turned into an absolute monstrosity yeah. as an all-around player. And that version of Kevin Durant to me, no. Like, like you, you can't, you can't put either one of those guys above. Even as a complete, like, oh yeah, like they play defense. That guy was crazy. But this version of Kevin Durant, I mean, I, I don't see him that way anymore. Also, uh, not for nothing, Jason Tatum, thirty-one points per game. KD thirty.
6: Jalen Brown twenty-seven. Kyrie twenty-six. Okay. There you go.
2: There you go. More productive. Um, when uh, you heard Tatum and Brown in that little segment we came in with there. Uh, or it was Tatum talking about you know the Jordan Pippen conversation, and uh, last year he told us we were bad, wanted to trade us. I uh, don't want to trade you, Jason. <laughs> there was uh, talk of a of a trade, Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant. That was the trade. And I know that Scal sort of poured cold water on this, but he never, he never gave up uh, his source or said what he actually knew. He just said, no, 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 I don't think that's how it happened. There was a report from Shams that said the Celtics made an offer. And that the Nets had uh, count made a counteroffer, which to me implies that if they had not made a counteroffer and accepted the Celtics' offer, that Jalen Brown would be a Net and that Kevin Durant would be a Boston Celtic. And I just I feel like people don't want to acknowledge that they they don't want to acknowledge the report. And fine, if you don't want to, if you think it was just oh Brooklyn leaked that, so they could I don't even know why they would leak it. But if that if that's what you think, fine. I think an offer was made. And I think that in retrospect, I'm glad that it didn't work out because I like what the Celtics are building here.
3: And so, I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know about which duo you value more. Because if you thought it was going to be that much better, like, yes, let's go ahead and and mortgage the future for KD, then, you know, maybe maybe you go ahead and do that. But clearly they didn't feel the same way and they... Beat the pants off that Nets team. Yes, right off the bat, beat the brakes off them. They did four games, but
2: they made the I offer. Buy. There was an. It seems like there was an offer made. Scow disagreed. I asked him about this and kind of pressed him the other day. Uh, here's what he said when I think, brought think, this up.
4: Think, things change really quickly sure. in the NBA. I'm not, and I'm not sure how close that was when when I talked to Sean Marks the other day. I was, uh, I did some digging, and I'm not sure that was as close as what you just made it seem. But um, Ooh, I mean, investigative
5: Scal. Wait a
2: minute, didn't they make an offer and the Nets up the uh, and and counter offered. I mean, if they had taken the offer, wouldn't the trade have happened?
4: I'm not sure. According to Sean, according to my conversation the other day, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it was as close as what it made made out. Anyway.
2: So that was on December 7th when he said that. I don't know. He said, he kind of at the end there, he heard that. He goes, My conversation was, I mean, uh, my conversation. If he heard that directly from Sean Marks, if Marks said, Yeah, there was no real offer, I was just saying that to, you know, get the story out there and let everybody know that there was a market for Kevin Durant, whatever it was he was trying to do, then I stand corrected. But it certainly seemed like the report from Shams said that there was an offer made and that now, Brooklyn look, countered.
3: Yeah, I mean, the question is, like, what kind of offer are we talking about? Is it like, hey, we'll offer you uh, Jalen Brown for for KD? And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, give me half your team. Right. And then, you know, and then it's like, okay, beep, hang up. Is it that kind of offer or is it like a – hey, let's really get into this, okay? What would it take for us to do this? Was was it serious or was it like, uh, all right, you want this? The way
2: I remember it being reported was Brooklyn initially said, if you want Durant, it's going to cost you Tatum and Brown. And the Celtics hung up the phone and said, get out of here. And then they called back and said, uh, okay, how about Kevin Durant for Brown and I want to say a draft pick? Is that right? And I believe there was a player involved somewhere. Maybe another player. and yeah, the I Nets came back. Smart was floated. The Nets came back and said, no, 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 we want Smart, we want multiple draft picks, we want Brown, and we want somebody else. And, this and then all the Celtics just said no. And it was just for Durant. Yes. And the Celtics said no to that. So that, to me, implies that the Celtics countered they fi- they the ridiculous fishing. offer. They
3: were, they were fishing around. Yeah. yeah.
2: And if Brooklyn had said, okay, we're not going to do Tatum and Brown, but we'll do Brown and a draft pick for Durant, yeah, done, let's go then the trade would have happened. Now, I mean, maybe it was never that close. Maybe Marks was just trying to up the market. I don't know exactly what was happening, but that was what the report said, and Shams doesn't make stuff up, so I don't know. That was just uh, it was just one of those things. Like, if they had traded for Durant, I don't think the Celtics would be much worse this year. I don't think they'd be, like, struggling to beat, t- you know? They may have had a tough West Coast road trip or something, but I don't think their record would be much worse than it is right now. How could you think that?
6: Even if that trade included Marcus Smart. Yeah. Really? Of course. I think Marcus Smart is They have three good point
2: guards this on this team right now. They got Brogdon, they got White, and they got Pritchard. Like, I'm not is saying Pritchard those necessarily guys. necessarily a good and, point guard, He's be... a good
3: third point guard, And the best, sure. and the best one is Marcus Smart. Right. By, by a good margin. Is it good margin over Brogdon? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I, don't know I mean, I, I like Malcolm Brogdon, but I don't know. For what he brings like... to the team. Yeah, Marcus Smart.
2: Yeah. I think Smart's better than White, and he's definitely better than Pritchard. I don't know if he's better than Brogdon.
7: Put Smart in those games against Orlando and Indiana. Do they still win? I say yes
2: Put smart in those games.
7: Yeah, because I think he missed Did one he miss of the them? Orlando games, and then he missed Indiana.
6: Okay, well, there's not, no fixing scoring under 100 points. Well, yeah,
3: that's uh, <laughs> the that, that you got to score the ball to win. Yeah, it, it's like does Marcus Smart fix that one one uh, duo that was floated over the text line? Steph Curry and Clay Thompson.
2: Oh sure, right. I didn't even think of them. But I, Clay's having a bad to year, me, right? To me, that's a no because yeah. I feel
3: like Clay's not that guy anymore. I, I mean, not that he can't. Not, not, that he can't still like have a good shooting game or what have you, but he's to to me he's not that. First of all, I can hit any shot, you know, like any three pointer. I can microwave you for forty points <laughs> in a quarter. And by the way, I'm also going to guard your best guard. Yeah, I don't think he's he's on that level anymore. I mean, Steph, Steph is Steph. I mean, he'll he'll be able to shoot till the day he dies. You know, and, and I mean, his game is, is probably still going to be going to be looking good forever because it's predicated on being able to run around a lot and being able to shoot the ball. But Clay, I think, was built more than I think people want to realize on his athletic ability and his versatility. And that knee injury really messed him up.
2: Yeah, I uh, I think you're right about that for sure. Do you see what Luka Doncic did?
3: Yes. <laughs> yes.
6: crazy. <laughs> it was the first 60-20-10 game in NBA history.
2: Against the Knicks. Luca gave them 60 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. He's the first player to ever do that. Wilt never did that. Kareem never did that. Did you see the shot to force overtime? Uh, no, I actually didn't so see he, any yeah, part of this missed, the game. I just saw the stat line the next day. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: intentionally I missed the free throw. I did see it. Got he missed the rebound. on purpose? Yeah, got the rebound, threw it over his head, and they tied the game and went to overtime. And it then was he was nuts.
7: celebrating like a little boy. Jesus.
3: He's, he's unreal. <laughs>
7: That's the only guy. I just that wa- okay, I, see. I just watched
2: the play. He throws it off the rim. It bounces. I was at Boban in the middle. There? <laughs> it bounces off somebody, and uh, <laughs> and it sort of comes back to him. It's not like he threw it off the rim and it went right back like, to him. Oh it God, hit oh like God, three God, or God, four oh other God. people. And then you're right. He starts like jumping up and down, doing doing like the happy hands.
3: <laughs> I <laughs> like, think he was trying I get can't them to get believe just happened. Yeah, yeah. He was just like the game's not over yet. Like you got to play defense. I got to play defense. He's- um.
7: He's the only guy that I'd see getting in the way of Jason Tatum winning MVP, and I think it really depends on like where they each finish in the standings. It
2: might, but it may like his. He's still they're not high in the standings right now, and he just took over the odds. He's the leading. He's leading in Vegas right now, and not by much, but uh, he just overtook Tatum uh, in Vegas. Now that may not mean anything, but um, Doncic is uh, is is
3: Luca uh, a better player than Jason Tatum?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he is. Yeah, think and it's not because I think Tatum's not good. I just, I, they're probably 1-1-A. No, no, exa-
3: exactly. So so it's like, I, I feel like we, we're not we're not trying to do this, right? It's like, oh yeah, we think Luka's better. That means Tate, like Tatum's terrible. Like, I feel like it, it, too often conversations go that way. Luka is just unreal.
2: Luka's ridiculous. And Tatum is ridiculous at times, certainly. Yeah, definitely. He's had games like this. He's had games, not like 60-20-10, but like he's had I mean, incredible he's had scoring nights. Uh, yeah, and he's had multiple 50-point games. He's a top scorer in the NBA and the difference though is that he has another guy on his team and Luca doesn't and that's why Luca has to do just all out this. there balling every it's him single and night Spencer Dinwiddie and Dwight Powell and the three of them have to go out there and uh, and, and try and win and like 60-20 <laughs> and 10 is absurd but you didn't have Jordan doing that you didn't have Magic doing that like nobody did cuz other guys on their team could take shots and get rebounds like I mean, no I mean, one else could do that see, in see, Dallas
3: the, well, see the thing is like Jordan didn't have those crazy rebounding games but mm. he was going out there just just Going off for 50, 60 points all the time, just just absolute one like one man army level stuff. Yeah, bro, he he had a he had a year. I I gotta I gotta look back and see exactly which one it is. But he had a year where he averaged thirty seven points a game. How, come on, as a as a shooting guard. I know. Why are you averaging thirty seven points a game? Why Why do you look that much better than everybody? Mm. My um, goodness. That, that, that was like 1987.
2: That right was his that third end. season in the league. My goodness. And that was on those old Bulls where the only rest of the team was Orlando Woolridge and, uh, you know, whoever. Oh, like out. Craig like, Hodges. Right. That's when he had to score that much. That's what Lucas has to do right now. It wasn't until they put a team around him that they started actually uh, competing. And I think that that's an important detail here. But I also think that hurts Jason Tatum in the MVP race. As good as his numbers are. You know, he's got
3: that other guy there. Now, Dude, I, Luke is the most valuable player on that team. It's not even close. Yeah, but now we're going to get into that conversation of... What's it mean? Yeah, yeah what, right. yeah, what does it mean? So I feel like there's often a lot of deference given to the best player on the best team gets the award. Yep. And I mean, right now, the, the I mean, the, the Celtics are better than, you know, at, at least in terms of record. I think if the if the Celtics finish with a better record than the Mavs and Jason Tatum keeps playing like this, then he's your MVP. And like, I mean, Luka might be better and he might've had a better season, but I feel like a lot of people are like, well, okay, they're the best team in the league and they wouldn't be the best team of the league if it was just Jalen Brown out there doing this stuff. It's yeah. got to be it's Jason Tatum. He's the best player on that team.
2: There's also one name we haven't mentioned in this MVP talk and that's Nikola Jokic who was on the Denver Nuggets who lead the Western Conference right now. They're 22 and 11. They're the best team in the West. And he doesn't really have the help that he had at one point. Uh, Murray's fallen off. Yeah. Porter Junior is he even playing this year. Like I, I feel like I haven't seen much from him after he got that big uh, that big contract extension. I did see. Um, Aaron Gordon, Did you see his dunk at the buzzer Woo! the other night? That was awesome. That was one of my favorite moments of the entire NBA season. No matter like all the teams, that was awesome. It, remind, it reminded
3: me of that old school play where J.R. Smith did that yeah, right before yeah. the half. He's he like J.R. Smith, like we just saw a man fly. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. That was how does that guy so not awesome. want to get in
7: the dunk contest again? That'd be amazing. I know because he
3: keeps getting robbed. Yeah, it's like you get you tired of busting out all of these just absolute A plus dunks and then. Dude can do a do like six different versions of a between the legs. That's what Derek. That's what Derek Jones. Did. He was just spamming East Bay's the whole time. I know he wasn't doing nothing extremely creative. He was just doing you know what uh, you know. Oh yeah, three sixty or, or rather a, a between the legs from moderately close to the free throw line. Oh, got to give it to him. Gordon was jumping over the mascots, putting it under his ass. Like,
2: he was doing all sorts of stuff. He was awesome. Those dunk contests with him were great. And uh, that was a cool way to end that game. But the point I was trying to make about the Nuggets is that Jokic is a one-man show there for the most part. Gordon's not handling the scoring like that or anything. Jokic has to do everything. And that's a Nuggets team that's good. Like they're the tops of the tops in the West right now. So that could also present a problem for someone like Jason Tatum again, who has a lot more help uh, in a, in a secondary. And when is player. A Jokic,
3: Jokic is what he won two times in a row now. Yeah.
2: Yes. And there they may very be Jokic, well could Jokic the West. <laughs> you know, for there was Giannis fatigue, LeBron fatigue. It could be Jokic fatigue.
3: Yeah. It's like Aaron, Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray are better than, than Jalen Brown. Why do people hate Jalen Brown here? Did you see the one under that? Tim yes. Hardaway Jr. Yeah, I'm not even trying to engage with that. Why do people here just did, don't like Jalen Brown? I don't know. The guy's a really <laughs> good Kanye player. What are, you, what are you talking about? Yeah, but about? he
2: broke the Kanye connection. That tweet wasn't great. <laughs> they yeah. tweet about it. I get it. Jalen Brown In
3: yeah. the playoffs, the dude couldn't dribble the ball. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, when he didn't dribble the ball, he was dropping 40 points. The yeah. really All of these He saved would you
7: rather have Jalen Brown than who they're listing Yes.
3: Yes, they would. You, you go ahead and you get those dudes for five games. You'd be begging for Jalen Brown. Yeah, back. trade him for and, Tim and, Hardaway. And, Jr. The, and the thing is, like people are like, um, you know, until uh, Tatum and Brown win a title, they're not gonna be greater than Kevin Durant or Kyrie. We're not saying who's greater, who's got a greater legacy literally talking about who's better right now Mm -hmm. right now those two guys aren't better than jalen brown and and jason tatum yeah that's it that's all we're saying
2: 617 779 there's your phone number when we come back we'll do a quick bruins minute as uh they had a disappointing end of their game having some trouble there with the uh, ottawa senators that's coming up do that hockey right after this
6: Masternock in from the right wing side on the forehand drags misses and Ottawa can celebrate a
2: big three-two shootout win over Boston. Sorry, right, JT, you don't have to play sad music for the Bruins yet. It's a regular season shootout loss. It's okay. It's not they got a pity point for it. It's okay. Things will be all right. Uh, Bruins did lose last night, despite what I may have told you at the beginning of the show. Uh, they lose to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, that really are, got
3: everybody pretty pissed off. I
2: know. I started on the on the wrong foot today uh, with that. I don't know why I said that. I knew they lost. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Senators, who are d- close to the bottom. I think they're actually tied for the uh, least amount of points in the Atlantic division this year. And they were supposed to be like a hot young team this year, and it really hasn't panned out so far. Um, yeah, they're down there with uh, Montreal, 33 yep. points, uh, just uh, behind Florida and Buffalo and uh, Detroit, who all suck too. Uh, it's really a three-team uh, division this year. Pretty much what everybody expected, although I did think Ottawa was going to make some uh, some more strides. I thought Florida would be better than this too. Um, and instead, they're all kind of crappy this year, while the Bruins just keep on, for the most part, winning. Although... Maybe Ottawa might be one of those teams that randomly owns them. Uh, that happens every year. There's a new team. Usually, it's a good team, like Carolina last year. Randomly yeah. owned, they destroyed them every time they could played them. Basically, t- could
3: not run with them until uh, skip- until skip- the skip-
2: playoffs skip- when they won those three games. But they still couldn't win the series. This year, it seems like it might be the Ottawa Senators that might be their weird random bugaboo team.
3: You know, it, it's interesting because it, it makes me think of what Razor talked about. Where you know that, especially with the with bad teams, or with, with every team, especially the bad ones. They're going to come out with just everything they've got you know, mm. because they know you're the juggernaut. They want to come for you and prove themselves, make a point. And I don't know, perhaps the Bruins are, are kind of in, in that mode right now where it's a long season. You got to get to the end of it, you know, with, you know, as, as healthy as possible. And there are going to be some nights and some stretches where, I mean— it's not going to look perfect. You're not going to be hitting everything on all cylinders, but we've seen them over the past couple of games show that, yeah, they can get down in the first period, but then they're going to come back. They're going to score two straight, three straight goals or what have you, and and put you away in the end. And and it it just kind of seems like it's one of those situations where, yeah, it's a bad team, but they are bringing everything. They're throwing the kitchen sink at you. And it's just, sometimes this is not going to work out.
2: Yeah. And,
3: it's it, it, this is this is the pros.
2: It is. And there's some good teams out there, some good goaltenders out there. Cam Talbot yeah. last night, what he did in that third period was ridiculous. Slanging. If you didn't see it, the Bruins uh it was uh, they were I think down a shot in the in the shooting uh, tallies. It was 21-20 after two periods. In the third period, the Bruins outshot the Senators 27 to 5. 27 to 5. They got one goal out of it, and that was what put it into overtime. And then in the shootout, Talbot continued to just uh, stuff him. 31,
3: 31 shots in the third period and in the overtime. Ridiculous. Say he 30. had
2: 49 saves. He had 49 saves in the game. Out there balling. <laughs> Sometimes a goalie just does that. There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, I think that was probably just one of those nights. It also probably should have been 3-1. to one. I don't think this one should have even gone to overtime. But Jake DeBrus got a really lucky bounce, and uh, Talbot made the only mistake he made really in the entire game. He turned the wrong way, thinking the puck was going to come back on his right side. He came back a, on the left, and uh, DeBrus got an empty net. They, so. they,
3: they've, they've got a couple of these really interesting bounces where it's just like f- physics just does not work the way that, that people expect you to. Because there was that one just ridiculous one where he gets thrown off the boards what was mm-hmm. it last week his throat thrown off the boards you expect it to come carry him around and you can go scoop it up and it bounces straight back goalie has no idea where it is yeah and it's just like it's just an easy one like um, basically an empty net
2: yeah uh Talbot was perfect in the shootout and yep. uh Debrinket had the yeah, It was uh, Swayman was good too Debrinket had the only goal in the whole thing uh so another uh pretty good performance from Swayman He had 30 saves in the game. The two goalies, I think, really uh, shined in that game. And that's a good thing for the Bruins because – Linus Allmark, I know they're trying to save him so that it'll go for the uh, for the Winter Classic. I think they're trying to line it up that way. And they should. I mean, they definitely should. He's their better goaltender. But um, I also think that this isn't going to happen like this all year. I like Allmark. I just think that eventually he's going to cool off. And when he does, uh, you know, Swayman's going to be ready. So that's uh, that's a good thing for
7: this I team. I mean, Allmark has only lost twice this year. And one of them was in a shootout.
2: He's so nasty. He's so nasty this year.
3: Yeah, but to have be able to have that performance from Swayman... And, and to be able to see, like, he could go out there and he can ball uh, on the same level as somebody who's out there, you know, uh, trying to win an award. Right. I mean, to have two good guys that you can throw in there at any point, and I mean, especially, like, if you're struggling in the playoffs, like, if Omar's just not having it or he gets hurt and you can throw Swayman in and he can and he could ball out like that I mean so you're in a really good position at least the way it looks right now
2: yeah they have uh New Jersey coming up tomorrow then it's Buffalo on Saturday then you got the Winter Classic on Monday January 2nd it's interesting they're playing New Jersey again because for most of the year those were the two best teams in hockey and the Devils have definitely fallen off and um, they just
7: played five
3: days ago
2: yeah right and they just beat them 4-3 yeah five days ago so there you go uh you excited for the Winter Classic Kyrie?
3: No. No. I mean, I'm not gonna sit up here and lie and act like I'm actually gonna watch it. I mean, you could you get, you could cast a game? You're not buying a ticket? One.
2: You're not buying a ticket to go stand out in the cold in a seat that doesn't even face the rink?
3: Most definitely <laughs> not. Um, because my wife already hates it enough when I go down to Gillette all the time and just be like, you wanna go you wanna go someplace else now?
2: <laughs> you wanna go watch a hockey game and a baseball diamond? Great. No.
3: <laughs> that that that's that's a big no for me. You know what? I might flip it on TV because I because I actually do I actually do try to watch it. It's just one of those deals where, like, man, I am tired. You know this this mm-hmm. whole this whole uh, three year old not sleeping through the night thing really getting to me. So that might be nap time for me. Yeah.
7: I'll tell you who's definitely not going to watch it, John Henry. He's got the Henry. Bruins playing against his team in his ballpark. Uh,
2: uh uh. Seems like he would watch it then,
7: but he doesn't know who to root for.
2: That's true. It's going to be tough. He's just going to wear like a black and gold shirt without any logo. Gonna, on it. you going to wear
3: one of the cut off ones? Yeah, the half jerseys. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like uh like Del Curry oh, those and his spl- wife. Wear. Those split jerseys, like yeah. half
7: Seth, half Steph Curry. Yep. It's like
2: half <laughs> half Penguins, half Bruins. Yeah, that could work. Uh that that would that would be on brand for him. I think that would be like, hey, that would look cool. Just like Del Curry, oh, yeah, Give me one of those havesy jerseys, yeah. <laughs> um, that'd be something. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, that's uh, that's what's coming up here for the Bruins after a uh, after a tough shootout loss last night. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. When we come back, we're gonna reset on the Patriots in the NFL. We'll get to your phone calls again at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It's all coming up in the final hour here of Arky and Kyrie.
6: That's crazy.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet?